0: Hi, welcome to our study of Song of Songs. Today we're looking at chapter 5, the first half, which I've entitled, Imitating Christ. In this section, we see this is the first of three major errors that the bride makes. In this one, she believes she's saved to be served, and I think that's what we're going to see. It's all about the gospel of health and wealth. So many people think if I become a Christian, then God owes me perfect health and perfect wealth. Not so as we are going to see. We begin with verse 16 of chapter 4, and I think it was a bad chapter break. She says in this section, Awake, O north, and come the south. Make my garden breathe out. Let its spices be wafted abroad. Jesus says in John sixteen eight, When he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We saw in cha- chapter 16 that she has been blessed with a garden whether it's the church or whether it's herself she's got this garden and she's got all the fruit of the Holy Spirit she's, she's protected she's provided for in this situation and now she's just saying may the Holy Spirit now come and may he breathe out so that people will know that I exist may my beloved come into his garden and eat its choice fruits So now she's saying, now God needs to come visit me and may the spirit work to get the message out. In Matthew 25, 25, we have a parable of three guys with uh, the talents. And this one is the guy with the one talent. And he said to the master when he returned, I was afraid, went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. He gets condemned for doing this. And I believe this is what she's doing. She's got all the blessings given to her from God in chapter 4. And now in chapter 5, she's going back to bed. She's staying in her garden, and she wants to be nestled up and and hid away. And this is what he's going to condemn her for. But, But this is kind of interesting. In her condemnation, he doesn't come down hard on her, but he comes down on her with pure love. I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride. I have gathered my myrrh along with my... I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. You may not know this, but I have visited. You may not think this, but I know everything that's going on in your life. It's interesting in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, in each of those seven letters to the seven churches, he always says, I know your deeds. He corrects some of them and then tells them they've got to change and they've got to awaken or else it's going to be too late. That's what he's saying to her right here. And in John chapter 20, 28 Thomas says, after he touches Jesus' wounds, my Lord and my God. We need to remember Jesus is God. He knows everything that's going on. We're the ones that are struggling with that kind of knowledge. And then he continues to say, Eat friends, drink, and imbibe deeply, O beloved. What he's doing here is encouraging us to have rich fellowship. The Word of God is to be shared with friends, those that are lost, and with the brethren. Drink deeply of the Word of truth. Not wine, but he wants rich fellowship. This is good. Don't just be hiding off into your garden all by yourself. Have rich fellowship. Then a voice, she says, my beloved was knocking. Come to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. See how he's building her up and how he so appreciates her and he understands she's going to make mistakes. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Jesus comes to the church of Laodicea and they were such a complacent church. They're probably the worst. And he says to them, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. There's that invitation. But I can't open the door. You're the one that has to do it. You have free will and I don't have that ability. But I give you that invita- invitation. And that's what he's saying to her, right? I'm knocking. My head is drenched with dew. My locks with the damp of the night. My father is working until now. And I, too, am working. John chapter 5, verse 17. The work is going to continue until the judgment day. That's when the party happens. That's when we celebrate the wedding. But for now, there's an awful lot of work to be accomplished. And that's what he's trying to get her to think about. But she complains. I've taken off my dress. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I dirty them again? I've come out of that world of sin I've come out of that world of darkness. I've walked away from people like you called me to do. How can I dirty myself again? Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but for the interests of others. You've been saved for a reason. You've got eternal life. There's nothing to worry about. So therefore, you need to start focusing on helping other people. My beloved extended his hand through the opening and my feelings were aroused for him. You'll see gates with openings, maybe a circle cut so you can put your arm through to, to have access to the latch. Well, that's what he's doing here. And that word aroused is kind of an interesting word. Look it up. It means be boisterous. It's not a sexual aroused. But but it's an excited arouse because I'm going to be in his presence once again. But we do have to see that it's, again, back to that free will. God knocks, but we're the ones that have to open the door. So she arose to open to my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the bolt. How embarrassing. What is she doing with all this rich perfume on her fingers? Well, we understand myrrh to be the blessings of God, and... How often if you if you take your talent and bury it, we waste away the the blessings of God instead of sharing them with other people and this is what the master said to that servant that buried his talent, you wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed, such a waste to have all that merge to to for what for her to be alone with it, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and had gone. My heart went out to him as he spoke. I searched for him, but I did not find him. I called, but he did not answer. The days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Jesus has left. He's gone back to heaven. He's not going to walk with us on this earth any longer. Not until after the judgment day, when when there's a new creation, a new earth, but never here on this planet again. And until then, we have to realize there's a work that we need to accomplish. So she goes off chasing him. Then the watchmen who who make the rounds in the city found me. They struck me and wounded me. The guardsmen of the walls took away my shawl from me. Well, we know from chapter three, verse three, the watchmen, well, those are the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the guardsmen. Well, the Christians in the whole book of Acts were persecuted by the Jewish leadership. And they were no longer allowed to go to the synagogues once they realized the damage that Christianity was doing. So now the persecution is going to break out as you reach out and share the truth. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to complain. And now she appeals to the daughters of Jerusalem. I adjure you, daughters, if you find my beloved as to what you will tell him that I am lovesick, I charge you solemnly to tell him I'm lovesick. And that lovesick, I believe she just doesn't know what to do because she went out looking for him, but she doesn't know what to say or what to do. And and all she's getting is all this persecution. And so she's just totally at a loss at this present time. And it's interesting because then the daughters of Jerusalem respond by saying, what kind of beloved is your beloved, O most beautiful among women? What kind of beloved is your beloved that thus you adjure us? And I think that's an interesting question that they put, and I think that's something that she's going to have to focus in on. And I think the answer for that is found in the last half of chapter 5. But to recap what we've just accomplished here and looked at, she believes she has been saved to be served. She believes she's saved to stay at home, go back to sleep, hoard her blessings. But I think what you really need to see in this section here is Christ teaches the opposite. He encourages rich fellowship. Eat, drink, imbibe deeply, friends and beloved. You got to get into a rich fellowship. He calls her to awake to a I believe a solid prayer life. He knocks and says, "Open up." He wants to, her to come into his presence, to invite him in to get into a solid prayer life. And he leads her to go out, share her blessings, make disciples. She turned and he was gone. She didn't know what to do. And you don't know how to make disciples. And you don't know what to do if you're a Christian. And you don't have a rich fellowship where you got together and studied the scriptures and shared your experiences with other brethren. And if you don't have a solid prayer life, you haven't been communicating with God, you won't know how to make disciples. And I think that's the important thing that we need to see right there. You've got to get into that fellowship. You've got to get into that prayer life so that you can be active in the world around. Thank you for watching. Chapter 5.